ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots? You Break Guy Fix is looking for passionate self-starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry. At You Break Guy Fix, we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most. This is a big responsibility. And from the moment you join our family, our franchisees are provided with the resources and support to bring affordable and convenient electronics repair to your community. Did we mention that with amazing partners like Samsung and Google, You Break iFix franchisees also have access to the highest quality parts and personalized training out there, as well as specialized tools. It's true. And it's also easy to visit youbreakifix.com forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own You Break iFix. Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks. Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. This week for the WGC HSBC Champions held at Sheshan International Golf Club in Shanghai, China. I am your host, Tyler Tambaline, a.k.a. Totag and Tambo on Twitter and across the daily fantasy industry. And I am also not Kenny Kim. So, DGen Nation, our boy Kenny Kim, he's not feeling so well tonight. So I'll be doing my best to take over as the host, but I have to admit... It's not my favorite role to play on here. So if I fuck up, I'm sorry, but I can promise you, I know for a fact that Kenny is sick. And you know how I know that? Because there's no way in hell this motherfucker would miss a podcast. I, don't, I think he's missed one ever after winning another bet for six of his last 10 winners with a 33 to one ticket on Tiger Woods. So we'll get to that. But with no Kenny Kim, we thought we'd bring for you a special guest. And I'm talking about the man behind the site that we talk about quite frequently on here. The site I'm lucky enough and proud to be a part of, and that's Gup's Corner. So, Mr. Brandon Guptill, at Gup underscore GCFFG on Twitter. Also, another Tiger 33 to 1 official ticket holder. Gup, my brother, how are you today? <clears throat> I'm doing well. I feel like the uh, night edition, I had to, I had to pour a little alcohol drink. Luckily, I finished up my 40 day and 40 night last week of no alcohol, which is perfect timing because I, I don't think you're allowed to do this and be filling in for Kenny and not have a, a drink with you. Yeah, you're actually supposed to be pouring one as we go at some point. I, I'm just yeah. saying. So <laughs> if you got it on stand, you're going to be all good. You'll fit right in perfectly. So yeah, it's going to be good. I think, like I said, obviously Kenny wouldn't miss it, guys. It sucks to not have him on here, but I thought no better than to fill his shoes and to bring Gup on. So, uh, maybe talk about last week a little bit, Gup. I know you also had one of those tickets with the, the 33 to 1 Tiger. Obviously an incredible feat, tying Sam Sneed with the 82nd win. And I'll ask you a stat in a couple of minutes, but just talk, talk about the event, talk about how you went and what it went with it all. What do you think? Yeah, overall, great event. Um, started out the week, not really, you know, we kind of thought maybe could play a little tough. Uh, the weather became more of an issue. So as we got to Wednesday night, I got more and more on Tiger. Had already released a bet. Um, decided to make the jump 
DK wise to go overweight, but I did not go bullet style with him or my, my boy five figure Matsu, which both of those obviously were, were, were brutal no calls on the bullet for me. Um, and I almost finished DFL bullet life, but my MME builds were great. Um, well, solid. I was leading the, the $8 for almost the first full two rounds. And then, then the last three or four rounds kind of, I stayed in the hunt, just couldn't close it. Um, some of the guys I had, like Rio Casho and stuff, they faltered a little bit. And I had like five inside the top 100, one inside the top 50. Nothing crazy, but enough to, you know, make about 40% of my 60% bankroll back. So nothing too great. I wish I would have went heavier on both those guys because they were more, more contrarian than what it seemed to. Uh, great tournament. I'm interested next year to see if they don't have the weather, how it'll play out. Um, obviously, Tiger loves those kind of greens, and that kind of came true for him. Um, in general, I loved, you know, the respect of the fans, very little phones on pictures you saw. Um, kind of the, my biggest worry that kind of kept me from just going way overboard on Tiger was I was, I feared the, the stop and go with the potential weather. But other than that first kind of shot after the darkened delay, I guess you would say going into Monday morning their time, um, he really handled it pretty well as far as the start and stop and not, you know, playing 27 on, on round three. Going into round four, it didn't really seem to bother him too much. So I uh, wish I would have loaded up more, but I did get the winning ticket uh, like your boy Kenny did. Uh, great tournament overall, great field. I mean, pretty strong field. I would say it was probably stronger than this week because this week you got a lot of guys that haven't been playing um, as frequently on the PGA um, as we had last week, but still a good field this week as well. For sure. And yeah, I know it sucked. You, you had to sit on that $8 lead for like two days, right? With the, with the delays and whatnot. And you were crushing it, but it, it is what it is, right? We know and we talk about that on this pod all the time, how that can shake out. I think, you know, a good news is there's another shot at it again this week, right? There's still $8, 50k up top. Should note real quick before we hop back into that event quickly is that this week, uh, obviously again, it's over overseas. So you'll see it lock a little bit sooner. So you're, you gotta get your lineups in Wednesday night. You gotta have them locked and ready to go and then wake up to them or either stay up with them Wednesday night or, or wake up to them on Thursday morning. Uh, back to Tiger for a quick second there, Gub. I did want to ask you a stat. There's a million of them flying around. Shout out, you know, Justin Ray, all these guys on Twitter that post the stats. But one of the crazier stats, and it's not like it's a new stat, but I, I just, this one came into play when they, you know, the wind went off and when he was getting there and, and after, of course, the, the 54 hole lead. So it leads into it. But which do you think is a, a crazier Tiger stat if you had to pick one? So the first one is the 142 consecutive cuts made, which is obviously insane, but that's the first one. Or the 54-hole lead closing percentage of 96% and 100% when it when it's a three-shot leader more. So which which of those two stats do you think is the crazier Tiger stat? Really close. Um, I would probably lean the latter. Only because I believe, and I saw that stat. Not, I don't have it right off the head like you did, but I think the next best guy who may be up there is well below him percentage wise, and it was like four of six or something. So he's like four x the next best as far as even being in that position. So, so to be twenty plus leading a tournament, I you know, but the hundred forty two, I don't think we'll ever see that again. So it's kind of like the you know. Uh, um, consecutive streak in the in the uh, MLB of games played type deal. It's just, but making a cut that's very very hard. But to to hold that lead going into Sunday, the clutchness of there, I just I just would lean that because it means you won the tournament. That's more important to me than making a cut. Yeah, I agree. I, I wanted to see your take. It seems some of the industry chatter is that you know obviously the 142 is insane, like I said, but it, and it may not happen again. Uh, it probably will never happen again. I should say, but the, the difference is now obviously cut rules got a little bit harder. You don't, you're not going to see something like that. The fields are much stronger, but man, I come from a sales background. That's the industry that I'm in and ABC always be closing. This closing percentage is insane. That, that's the craziest thing I think you'll ever see stat wise. I don't know how you can close that many tournaments, win that many times. I don't care what the field strengths were. He's still doing it. To me, that just blew me out. You know, that was the, the stat that blew me out, blew the charts, right? Like I couldn't believe that when I saw it. And for the three shot lead one, I get that it's an even bigger lead. So yes, it should be higher averages. But 100%, 25 out of 25 times with a three-shot lead, that's still tough to do. And you see a lot of guys falter. You know, this tournament coming up that we're going to get into, we'll talk about the Dustin Johnson falter with a massive lead. I mean, it can happen to anybody. But the fact that Tiger has never folded with a three-shot lead is just amazing. So, uh, you know, that's to me was the biggest stat. I, I was wondering your take on it. We'll go through that. But 
Um, one other thing I want to talk about too, you know, over at Gup's Corner, we have a bunch of showdown, weekend content, rankings, all that stuff. So I know you look at some things as the weekend goes on and, and whatever, obviously different stats are available for different tournaments. You don't always have shot tracker or be able, the ability to get all of the, you know, pertinent stats for what you need to know going into those rounds, round three, round four and weekend on something like DraftKings. But is there anything that you noticed over this past weekend with what you did have, the data you had in front of you, that may, you know, whether it's just people that are acclimated to the time zone that were playing better or things that you think will carry on that, that focus on this week? Or is there, is there anything that stood out at all? You know, as you, after you got through the first round, it kind of stood out that it, it really didn't matter if you were hitting fairways. And as you looked at the guys that were, you know, you could tell that that was irrelevant. So you could almost discount it. And, you know, kind of bring in guys like Justin Speed or, uh, you know, uh, Jordan Speed and go, well, all right, they're not hitting fairways. So if he can just get on the green, then it doesn't matter. But he was hitting it so bad off the tee that it, it really just never came. But he wasn't even hitting greens at good rate. And so, um, I think again this week because of very narrow, narrow landing zones off the tee that it's going to be important to be, you know, in good position similar to last week. Not, not the, exactly the same. And you have huge undulation greens this week and then, um, some false fronts. So I think to me, which you can't really get deep stats like we're used to as far as proximity and stuff like that, but you're going to want guys that, I mean, it sounds stupid and repetitive, you know, fairways and greens, fairways and greens, but, um, I think this will play a little tougher in general, and it normally has. Uh, one thing I'm going to be looking at tonight and tomorrow as we get, because they're ahead of us, obviously, when we get some live practice stuff is, is anybody talking about the rough? It seems like if the rough's up over here, it plays really tough. Fairways become a premium. Um, and that's what I'll focus on. If the rough is down, it seems like these guys can just not feel as constrained there. And that'll be one of my big keys. And then it comes down to, you know, the approach for me, Who, who's getting on giving themselves a chance to putt similar greens as last week, um, being the bent. So I do favor some guys that, that have already come over, putted on bent, kind of got warmed up, you know, maybe if it's not even their normal green style, like a, a Corey Connors, right. Putted great, or not great, but good enough to finish really strong that now he's over here. He's already been over there. He's right back on bent. He may be more comfortable than usual. And he's a guy I could target this week. Might be some foreshadowing for, for one of my picks later, Gup. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. I apologize, DJ Nation. I'm going to be reading the, the course preview right off of Kenny's notes just because that's not my style. I'm, not, I'm definitely not a, I don't claim to be a course preview wizard, but he is. So I'll be reading it off that. Before we move on, Gup, going to go through the, the DJ Nation listener league right quick. And I just want to read the lineup off to you and see what you think. So, uh, winner this week was Arper Zog, R-P-H-E-R-Z-O-G. Blew the field out pretty much, 511.5. Next closest was 504. So a decent win there, decent showing. Shout out to our boy Swole2 or whatever you say his name. He's always on there. Sue L2. Kenny and I always debate it, but another top five for him. But back to Arfurzog, his lineup, who you just mentioned actually got, was Corey Connors kicking it off. He had Tony Finau. He had Billy Horschel, who I mentioned last week, and I had a bit of a feeling about him. I got another guy this week. That's my this week's Billy Horschel. Uh, Shugo Imahara. So that was a, an out there pick. 7.3% owned. Gary Woodland, who played really well. And then, and I'm surprised he's not here this week. And then on top of that, the winner, of course, Tiger, the man, Woods. 5.3% somehow in the Listener League. What do you think of the overall lineup, Gup? Uh, anything you notice there? Um, seems very contrarian in general. I wouldn't say cash by any means going with, um, Shugo and, Connors, I don't, what was Connors in y'all's listener league? He couldn't have been too high, I wouldn't For, think. 14.7. Uh, yeah, it wasn't too yeah. bad. The, the two low owned were Shugo at 7.3 and somehow, like Tiger. I said, Tiger 5.3, but I, I get it, right? With pricing and what was around him and some uncertainty and whatnot. But he had Finau in there who was a similar pivot or, or in that range was a guy someone was on. And, and I know we all cherish Kenny's cash stone, but I don't think he had many of Kenny's cash stone. So it wasn't like he just went kind of chalky. He went, he went pretty kind of out. I, that that would have been, I would have top 10 to 555 easily. Um, so very, very well built, um, for a bullet type lineup, uh, solid, especially yeah. very, very sharp. Good, good point too. You only get one bullet, right? So that's the thing about this league. It is tough. It is sharp, similar to one you guys have over there on the smash factor and at Cups Corner. But, uh, with that said, right, this week will actually be a four man of the Titans. So we'll get Gup in there with Kenny, myself, Arthur Zog, battle it out for a little cheeseburger money or, I'm saying lettuce burger money if you want to get something a little more keto friendly. I don't know, right? Put some bacon and cheese on there, but we'll battle it out this week and go from there. 
But before we get into the course preview, before we get into the stats, Gup, since we have you here, why don't you do us the pleasure, man? You, we're, we're talking about the site all the time. Obviously, I'm a part of it. Kenny's over there now doing his preview. But why don't you just tell us a little bit about Gup's Corner and what you guys offer in, as a whole, right? What do we have that, that you think stands out the most for the people, and why should they sign up today? Yeah, I mean, I think the you know one of the big things we harp on in the Slack and, and the community that's been built, the foundation is is the teaching style, bankroll management. Um, not everybody's going to win, and we know that, right? Mathematically, you can't preach winners and, and green screens and and you know ret- we retweet because most guys want to feel like they you know they feel cool or important, which is good. I mean, if a guy has a good week, um, you know, we're going to give out all different kind of angles, you know, especially that that Wednesday night and then that Saturday night NFL wise, um, some hot takes. But even ourselves, we can't play all of our hot takes, especially if you're doing a bullet or a three max. So, although we may talk about the right guys, only four or five of the members may hit on the right ones out of 20. Right. And we know that. So we try to preach that you can't always hit and win, but um, we're trying to put you on the right spot the most amount of times that we can. And being conscious of the bankroll to me, because it's important to me, no matter if you're betting or doing DK, um, you're not going to win on a regular basis. You know, the best of the best in Vegas, some of the sharpest guys I know, they shoot for 55% every year in NFL. And I see all these guys on Twitter that are 90%, 70%, whatever, right? You know, let me see it, you know, and then I'll believe it. Um, 60% is a tremendous year. And, and those guys are playing for 10, 15,000 a week type numbers. And they preach, you're just going to go through your ups and downs. And that's what I want to teach people. And the community we build has done it in itself. What's, what's, gone it even greater is that we've had this philosophy since day one that it's all in one so we've added mlb this year we've added nba this year uh, nba started out hot you know on a hot streak already mlb is going to kick in in the spring and whatever price the people locked in at that's what they got it at there was no bump to them so if they locked in early they got that added and that's just what i believe in is we're going to continue to improve the the product um, we've introduced our tool set for the first time, the NFL and, and college football, which has been great. Um, it's year one, so there's plenty we can improve on, and we've told the people that. So the people that have been in now and got in cheap are going to get rewarded next year when we do a lot of upgrades because they're locked in now at the price. That's one of the big deals I believe in and I'll never waver on is whatever you lock in at, even if we raise it you know, 2X next year because we added an optimizer or something, you're locked in. Thank you for being loyal and, and jumping in early. Um, and that's one benefit now. When you join the, the content analysis, our, our standard-based package, you're getting free access to all of our golf tools for the entire fall. And we're going to go live with those with the Tournament of Champions in January. And so they get it free now. They're going to get, as a member, they get the biggest discount we offer, which we don't offer in public. Um, so they'll be able to join it before everybody else, cheaper than everybody else. And as with any product, as soon as they lock in, they get that price for life. And and really, the community has a life of its own. I mean, um, you know, Kevin Barry, who's fighting ALS, big inspiration in the community. We've got, it sounds like we could have as many as 30, 40, 50 guys down at the Honda because everybody's kind of in that area. Now it's, it's, it's gaining steam. And so to have that stuff and, you know, especially me being a family guy, when my wife hears it and sees it, um, it's inspirational to us. We, we never were doing it about the money. That's been the difference in how I built it. All the money that's gone in now is just being reinvested back in capital and, and trying to improve it. Um, it's a business. I mean, I'm not going to shy away and act like there isn't a monetary purpose to it. There is at some point. But right now, it's trying to make everything better for people and to give someone an environment that you don't get elsewhere. And so far, it seems to be doing that way, and that's what we really enjoy about it. For sure. Th- thanks, man. And I think that's better to have you tell it, right? Like, obviously, I'm a part of it. I believe in it. Very proud to be a part of it. I think Kenny talks about it all the time is the slack. You, you tipped it off with that with your, with your description, but I think the slack is everything. It's just what you said. For everybody that listens to this, obviously, it's a very niche oriented community. You want to be a part of it. You want to talk about the plays, the picks, the strategies, whatever it might be. The slack is the place to do it. And then, you know, Gup and I do the E9 every week, the emergency nine. We go on and talk about it right before lock. I mean, these ones are a little tougher when it's overseas like this because it ties right into football season and late night and families and things like that. But we try and do as much as we can for everybody over there. So if you guys aren't a part of it yet, You'll definitely want to hop over. It's gupscorner.com. You can sign up today using promo code DGEN10. That's D-E-G-E-N-1-0. Use that code. Get 10% off. I recommend the annual because it will lock you in for everything for the next year. Like you talk about the rest of football, baseball when it comes back, NBA is going on right now, all of those things. So gupscorner.com, promo code DGEN10. All right. So 
Onto the you, know, you know what? One, one thing that's unique, just to add to that, is that it, it's been really cool, um, and it really helps in these niche sports, um, and it'll help in any, but especially like college football and then golf is as this thing's got its own life and everybody gets to know each other. Um, so we have people that are that are you know experts or know about that region. So Big Ten, Pac-12, and so when we have a, a niche sport. We have a big USC homer. He goes, man, I know everything about that team. I got inside. I listen to the local radio all the time or, or SEC or, or whatever. And then golf, we virtually are almost to the point where we have someone live every week right. that's in that area. And so to get that, and now they're almost just like volunteering. Hey, I can get out there for practice round and, and, and we'll get some insight. It's not the end all be all, but I have that special feel that everybody's kind of that family and, and we can go, hey, what's, you know, hey, I know the USC third string running back, blah, blah, blah. You, you get information that you can't put a dollar amount on. We're already the best value in the industry. But as it kind of breeds its own life, it's really unique to see. And, and it's not just all hype because people get in there. And, and without a doubt, as soon as they get in there, they all almost all say, I wish I'd known about this sooner. This is the best thing out there. And so that's what's really cool about it. For sure. Like I said, I can't preach it enough. Like, if you guys want to go over gumpscorner.com, DGen10, the promo. Try it out, right? See what you think. If, if you can only do a month up front, that's great. Check it out and see. Most people say, like Gup just said, once they get in, they can't, they can't leave it and they, they won't go back to anything else. So, uh, yeah, right on. So onto the course this week, guys. Like I said, I'm going to go off of Kenny's preview. I'm not going to go as in depth because obviously it's something that he takes pride in and puts out. You can check it out. It is over at Gup's corner, but Gup will go through some of the stats after, but onto the course, Sheshan International Golf Club. It's a 7261 yard par 72 course. There's four long par threes and three of the par fives are reachable into by the majority of the golfers in the field. There's water in play on all four par fives, which makes them tougher than they seem, but a lot of scoring will still come from these par fives. The par fours on the course are diverse in length. Half of them are over 450. Two of them are between 400 and 415. And another two are between 345 and 365. So a little bit shorter. And then there's the drivable par four, the 16th, which is actually only 288 yards. So with the five long par fours and four par fives, I expect to see more drivers off the tee than we have in the previous two weeks in Asia. Longer hitters should have a slight advantage here, but short knockers can't be excluded as we've seen the likes of Poulter, Tim Clark, Russell Knox, and Molinari contend. And in the case of Molinari and Knox, even win. Seven of the last nine winners were inside the top 20 in greens and regulation for the season prior, and seven of the last nine winners were inside the top 25 in either driving distance or driving accuracy in the season prior. Six of the last nine winners were inside the top 20 in greens and regulation and top 25 in either driving distance or driving accuracy. Off the tee, the golfers will see narrow to average size tree-lined fairways that have, have a bit of undulation in them. Large, well-positioned fairway bunkers will be in play if the golfers miss the fairway and water, and then water is in play in some in about 11 holes. The rough ab- around the fairways have been different lengths throughout the years, but Kenny stated he thinks that the rough around the fairways will be uh, be less penalizing as it was back in 2014, and this course has consistently been one of the top 20 or so most del- difficult courses on tour for driving accuracy. So Kenny doesn't think approach shots that the golfers will see, we'll see a wide array of green sizes from small to narrow. Hole 16, which is a par, reachable par 4, will be more narrow, and then large and undulating like hole 13. Overall, the greens are smaller on, on the smaller side. When you take into account total square footage, the greens use bent grass and have played as fast as 12.5 on the stint meter in the past. With that said, Gup, what stats are we looking at for this week? Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, so pretty much agree with, with Kenny, uh, you know, and the, and the rough is a big deal. And, and, and you know, I, I think he's probably right. They've leaned to being not as big a rough. Um, definitely. I mean, T degree is kind of a, you know, a cop out. You know, always going to look at it. Um, I definitely may add it in a little bit more than I ever do. I obviously love ball striking and approach. Um, if the rough's up and I think it could be harder to hit these greens, I'll, I'll bring some around the green in. If not, I'll, I may not, I may not look at it as much, especially in my deep dive article, um, the second phase of looking at the rankings. And then obviously in a no cut, you got to go birdie or better, DK points, however you want to do that. Um, historically so far over the five years we have, or the last five years I looked at, the, the par five scoring has been a lot higher percentage compared to any of the others. Um, so I will bring that in, especially the deep dive and kind of look at who can score on par fives. 
not really going to look at bogey avoidance as much as I did the last two weeks. Um, but that's kind of where I'm focusing, which is probably pretty similar to most in the industry, but um, it seems to be a good, good start this week. Yeah, I think, I think it's bang on sort of what I was looking at. It's definitely a good start. We can look now. I guess we'll go to the tiers. So everybody's here for us. So we'll go into the pricing tiers. Now the shit that I hate is all out of the way with the hosting duties and reading off of scripts and whatnot. I can just talk my shit. I'm good. So we'll start in the 10K range. We'll try to apply some of the above that we just talked about with the course and the stats. Now in the 10K range, got we've got Paul Casey at the bottom, right at 10K. Moving up from there, you got Rose 10.5, Shoffley 10.8. Uh, Matsuyama, our boy, five-figure Matsy. We always talk shit in the slack over at Gup's Corner. 11-1, which I'll give you credit. He did his job last week and, you know, got some interesting thoughts this week. And then, of course, Rory McIlroy, the head of the field at 11-7. There's not as many of the top 25 in the world as we would think. You know, some surprising names missing like Fowler, Woodland, who just played, Woods, who just won, all, all these factors. But what is, what's your take on the 10K range? Kick us off. Yeah, I think, I think unlike you last week, um, the lower range gets really dicey, especially with a lot of unknown um, guys that don't have a lot of PGA stats. There are a few that I think will be industry standard, um, you know, Euro guys that are pretty common these days or guys that played the, the fall swing pretty heavily like Zhang that they could be used. But if you go up high, it's going to be real dicey down low. And so you would think more, more so it's going to be a, a balance build off the top. I think Rory's heading above the best. Um, in my last 20 tournaments I've done, he's got the biggest gap from my number one to number two in my model ranking. Um, but getting to him, you're really going to have to dip down low, which will leave that middle area open. So, I mean, he's, he's number one for me. Um, surprisingly, which you mean you go back and forth with Matsu a lot. I had him last week. He's got a third and a second coming off here. He won here in 16. Um, but surprisingly, other than when he won, he's, he doesn't have much. He's got a 30th, a 50th, a 41st, and then a withdrawal. So very strong finish. I think very mentally taxing last week, being in his home spot. Um, 11-1, I don't know if I can get there, but I think he's going to be super, super low owned. And so if I'm definitely doing 20-plus, I, I could be there. But I really like Casey this week. I'm interested to see if you think he's going to be chalky. His last four years, he's played here a 23rd, a 12th, 11th, and a 16th. He got 17th last week. Nothing crazy, but, you know, kind of shaking off the rust. He hadn't played in a while. Stat-wise, he pops across the board. Rose is always a, a go-to around here. He hasn't played in a while, so the rust worries me. But, man, does he like this place up a third and a first his last two years. Um, Shoffley, you know, we know he won here last year. Um, shook, shook off his rust as well last week. So in general, a pretty strong top. Um, the 9K is loaded, which we'll get to. So I think you're going to have to make some choices on where you want to build. But if you're starting up here, I like Rory if you can find the unique build. And then Casey's probably my second best. What about you? Wow. This might be a history in the making. The first time that you're going to be off Matsu and I'm going to actually fucking play him. So I, I'm on the, I'm on the same page as you with Rory. I think head and shoulders above. And I'm not just doing this to be contrarian to the field. Obviously, that helps. Like you said, I think a lot more people will go with the balanced build this week. I've already seen some people throwing some quote-unquote dummy lineups around that start with Rose. So I do like your Casey call, which I'll get to in a sec. But Rory, for me, is head and shoulders above. Like you said, I think I might, in the $8, I might do something I never do and lock him. Right? I normally go as high as 60% on a guy, like I've talked about in the past with something like a DJ at the RBC, uh, Canadian Open, I should say. So this is a different spot. I might lock Rory. I might get scared and I might just put him 65%, but I'm definitely going to be all over Rory this week. I don't care who's on him. I'm going to have leverage to the field. Matsy though, man, damn, you can't deny what he's been doing and he just looks good. Like he looked fine. I know he missed that one putt on Sunday, but it still had to be a little bit worrisome to those holding the Tiger tickets just for a moment, right? When Tiger first sort of teed off and, and he was good on 12 or whatever it was when he was right in the fairway, but then the next couple holes, it was a little bit dicey. And Matsu was right there with his proximity and getting dialed in and, I think the general consensus from the public will be the obvious. You know, he just went through that shit and, and, you know, he did well, but you know, all the, the media around him and all the fans and all that stuff, but I, I felt like he was fine. That stuff was all going on the same right in front of him and he was right there finishing second. So might be a, a first time in history. I know, like you said, if you could play more builds, you'll be on him, but I'm definitely going to have Matsuyama. And like I said, the reason I do that is because now my pool will just work out naturally contrarian because I'm playing two guys at the top. And then the other guy, I'm skipping over Xander. I'm skipping over Rose. My first T3PO of the week is actually going to be Casey over Rose. And it's, I only say that because Rose just won here two years ago. He got third here last year. He's got some decent form or whatever coming in. But while Casey hasn't won here, you alluded to it. 
the guy does have, I think it's, uh, five top, five top tens, a 16th or better in his last three, way more experience than anyone in the field. He's played here 11 times, uh, through all the mix, uh, or in this tournament 11 times, I should say. I think they moved it in one year to another place, but either way, a lot of experience here. Uh, other than that, you know, that's kind of the range for me. So I'll kick off the 9K range. That's going to be Casey over Rose. I just mentioned for my first T3 real kicking off the 9K range. One play right out of the gate, I think, is I got two GPP plays in here. The first one is Stenson, and I say GPP just I don't think he's going to be that high-owned. I think Fleetwood gets the obvious love, and I do like Fleetwood too. Fleetwood's a great play. You, you mentioned it. it. It sounds cliche, but you talk fairways and greens, you know, they call him, you know, fairway Jesus for a reason. Fleet, Fleetwood's a guy, right? So I get that, but I think that's why Stenson can be a little bit sneaky. Stenson's got a really good history, you know, 10 times playing the event, seven top 25s, three top 10s. He didn't play it last year, but the three before that, he came second, second, and 11th. And if you look at any of those stats you talked about, he winds out pretty nicely. So definitely like Stenson. The other GPP play I like, and, you know, mentioned quickly, Finau, he's going to be popular. Definitely going to like him. He came in second here last year, 11th the year before. But the guy I think nobody will be on, and I called my horse show of the week here, is Patrick Reed. This this guy is just not going to get played. He's 9,600. Uh, you know, you got Sungjae Im there, who I'll mention another thing in a second. But Patrick Reed has been really good. He's actually 17th, 4th, 15th, 36th, and 15th in his last five. 7th here last year. Stats all line up. You know, I'm okay with Patrick Reed. I'm interested to get your take here in a minute. But I got to finish it out with my second T3PO. And that's going to be playing Adam Scott over Sungjae Im. I don't know, again, just looking at some of the dummy builds, looking at the recent form, you know, Im's got the T3. Before that, he ended up getting his win over in Japan. So I'm not sure if people are going to go back to him at 9,500, but I definitely want to play the higher class golfer. I'll be happy to have zero M this week and just play Scott. Adam Scott, again, didn't have the greatest week last week, but as far as experience goes here, seven top 25s, two top 10s, 18th last year. Before his 33rd last week, he's acclimated, brought over. He had a fifth. So I think he's in fine form, you know, to bring Scott in here at 9,300. It seems low in comparison to some of those other guys I just mentioned above. What's your take on this 9K range? And what do you think about some of the things, the guys that I brought up there, Gump? Yeah, in agreement with um, Stinson, I mentioned on the smash that, uh, like you mentioned, great GPP play. I don't think many will be on him. I think this range is so stacked with, with plays. that I don't think anybody can be chalking this range because – as much as we say, well, we're just going to skip the, the 10K, when it comes down to clicking the button, as we like to say, come Wednesday, people are going to play Rory, Matt. I mean, they're going to play those guys regardless. Um, and so for me, what I think winds up happening is from about, you know, 9,000 up, you get a pretty spread out ownership. And then then everybody makes a decision of, you know, how low do I go and feel comfortable and mix and match in there. But I think you're going to have spread out ownership. Dead on on Patrick Reed. Um, I mentioned him. I, I don't know if I can get there in a one to three max type deal, but everything, and I'm not a Reed guy. You know that. I don't, right. I don't normally even get to him, but I am going to favor guys that I just mentally think about Augusta, undulating, bent greens type deal. They're not nowhere near, but similar as last week in a sense, um, which is why I agree with you on Adam Scott, you know, plays Augusta well. Um, he's seventh in my model and putting on the on the bin ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots you break guy fix is looking for passionate self-starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry at you break guy fix we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most this is a big responsibility and from the moment you join our family, our franchisees are provided with the resources and support to bring affordable and convenient electronics repair to your community. Did we mention that with amazing partners like Samsung and Google, you Break I Fix franchisees also have access to the highest quality parts and personalized training out there, as well as specialized tools. It's true. And it's also easy to visit youbreakifix.com forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own You Break iFix. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. 
Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church VA. 844-759-7732. Ninth overall. Definitely ranks out higher. And he's played this so much more than Sungjae. Now, Sungjae, we know, has got the upside as far as, especially a no-cut event, to go like 11 birdies and, and, and seven bogeys in one hole, in one round, per se. Like, he can score with the best of them and have some bad holes. But consistency-wise, I definitely like Scott, like you said. Fleetwood was my my favorite in this range. Um, as well as Finau, I imagine Finau will be a little bit higher owned than Fleetwood. I think you mentioned that as well. Um, but I do like Fleetwood safe floor, I guess I would say, in this type of deal. The one thing about him, you know, just kind of looking through some of his history, um, we had limited time to research, obviously, but it, he can drop a 62-63, but he doesn't seem to, like, do it consistently over the same tournament. So his birdie or better and all that kind of stuff doesn't really just pop off off the model. But two top 20s in the last two tournaments are 22nd and 20th. Seventh here last year, 20th the year before. He's green across the screen in my model, top to bottom. Seventh overall, I, I just like him a lot, um, especially if I get this kind of ownership from Finau. Spieth, uh, I know you didn't mention him, but – Never mentioned I mean, him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. The, the, the hard part is, is like a is like if you put him two ninety in the middle of the fairway on every single hole, I think he top fives. Like I think the rest of his game isn't like that far off. <laughs> right. He he just he can't even get remotely in scoring position off the tee. Yeah. To give himself a chance. You you just said the hard part is the hard part is getting him in the fairway. Forget the two ninety in the fairway. Forget the middle of the fairway. It's hard <laughs> to even get the guy in the fairway. And, and this, of course, we talked about it. You absolutely need to be in the fairway, right? Every all the quotes from previous events. There's so much history at this at this location and event that will tell you like it's the got to be in it. And then the thing about it is it's bent grass greens, and we mentioned a little bit, but the rough is Bermuda. So you just never know. And there's been plenty of quotes. You know, Josh Culp posts some great quotes about it and you can go back and look at them and see it. And they, you know, the golfers all say, you just never know what you're going to get out of that. Even if it is cut down, like Kenny sort of thinks that the rough's going to be cut down on, in the fairways, you know, on the first cut and second cut, but maybe be a little, little bit thicker around the green. And the problem is out of that Bermuda, you can catch a flyer, bounce off the green, and then you're stuck in worse rough. So it can really put a needle in your event for you out of the gate early if that's how your shot's going. Yeah, and I'm interested to kind of hear and hear what the presser said because this is one of the better years they've had in a while. I mean, they haven't had terrible weather, but it looks, and especially compared to last week, pitcher perfect. Like mid-70s, not an ounce of rain, nothing above like five miles. I mean, there is nothing right now. I know it's early on a Monday, but the weather looks beautiful. So they may and they may let it grow up. I don't know what the weather's been like leading into it, but if we get hints of, man, the rough's grabbing his stick, man, that, the guys hitting the fairway take a step up in my in my plate for sure. Right on. So, okay, we'll move on, you know, to the 8K range. I sort of said, you know, it's, it's upside heaven because you got guys like Benny Ann, Horschel, Lowry, Hatton, RCB. I'm not going to go into all of them. I'll let it kick over to you, but I just, those, that's, this is a sort of range. I sort of listed my ranges off this evening since I was hosting and I'm doing a little bit of a different duty here, but you know, this is the range where anybody could just pop and steal this thing, right? All those guys you just mentioned. What's your take? We'll do right down from, you know, Horschel at 8,900 all the way down to uh, Garcia at 8,000 straight. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think it's a good range. I, I have suspicions that it could be a dead range, depending on how people are building. If, if enough people are going with the nines and tens, you almost have to drop down at some point. And so you wonder how that ownership – you can't have everybody, right? You can't play your entire lineup 8,000 to 11.7. So where's the dead spot going to be? It's going to be interesting to listen to the industry and trying to figure out where the builds are going. Um, you know, a guy that I'm not on a whole lot, but I really like where he's coming in and how he looked last week. He's played here three times in the last five years is, is Lowry, 8,800. He's got great splits on bent. Um, I like how he's playing. Hatton is another guy that I, I really like this week. I mean, I'm kind of like opposite gut brand. I mean, if people never listen to me, these aren't the guys I normally play. So it's kind of, kind of different for me, but. Fifth straight year, he's he, 54th his first year, and then he's just improved. A 23rd, a 22nd, and 11th. He finished sixth at the CJ Cup. Um, great form coming in. You know, obviously I like him when he doesn't have the pressure of, like, making a cut or anything like that, so maybe a little more relaxed. Now, I am an RCB truther. Um, I do like him here. He can score with the best of them. The par fives I think he can take a little bit of advantage of. If he, he just sometimes is, I don't know, the, the win equity is there per se. 
but he loves it here, it seems. This is his fourth straight year, a 19th, a 14th, and a 5th. So he kind of really pops for me. And then the one I mentioned kind of at the top, Corey Connors, who traditionally doesn't have the best putting splits on bent. He normally seems to be a little bit more towards Bermuda. Stat-wise, he's always right up there. But he's got his last three tournaments, a 13th, a 12th, and a 6th. He's never played here, but I like that he played last week and played well in similar environment, already adjusted to the time zone, bent greens as well. So he's a guy I'd like to see how ownership shakes out, but I definitely like him. Yeah, you're making it easy on me here, Gup. We're, we're, we didn't talk before. We actually really didn't talk at all almost today. This was like a last-minute thing with, you know, Kenny calling in sick, quote-unquote, not feeling the best. So I just said, hey, Gup, you want to jump on and help me out here? I'd appreciate it, and you said no problem. So, again, thank you and appreciate that. But it's funny. We're picking up on some of the same plays on the week that we're opposite on Matsy. But I've already just been listening to you talk and thinking it through. That's why I like the early week pod with this is I'm already chicken it out on the, the McElroy takes because I need to have some of these guys in this range. So, like I said, I'll probably be more likely 60 to 70 on Rory and then, you know, go the rest with, or Rory or Matsu and then go these balance builds because you mentioned Hatton, who's my favorite play in this range. The guys, you know, got the prowess, right? WGCs, the big events, the strong fields. We've talked about this in the past on other pods with Kenny and I where, you know, he sorts of get, he sort of gets left out because people think of him like as not contending all the time. But you wouldn't contend either. It's like if I'm joining, you know, the Thunderdome every week, you know, I might be okay in some of these smaller tournaments, but I'm not going to contend in the Thunderdome every week because it's the best of the best, uh, you know, in DFS. So it's the same thing here. He plays with the best players all the time. And while he can contend with them, there's no doubt, it's just going to be tougher for him to show up in these fields. So if you look, you know, recent form, solid, 6th, 18th, 15th. This event, 22nd, 11th, 23rd, and 54. Three top 25s in his four starts here with three recent solid events. So Definitely love Hatton. By far my favorite play in this range. Uh, we'll go back to Horschel a little. The other guy, you said it, you're a truther with RCB, but man, he's got some great history here as well. 14th, 5th, 19th, shows up in the stats. Him and Hatton are guys that are very similar in a sense of they can easily come, you know, ninth and 10th and be in the top 5th or 6th or higher in scoring, right? They just put together those couple of good rounds where you're like, holy shit, where did that come from? And, and boom, they're right up there. So I got those two. My third and final T3PO, and that's why I said we're on the same wavelengths, is my boy Corey Connors, the Canadian kid, taking him over anybody, you know, whether it's Charles Howell or Garcia or Putnam. I, I kind of like Putnam more, so I'll say Garcia or Howell. But a lot of people are on those guys. You know, Garcia wasn't great last week, but Howell's coming off in recent form when you look at the numbers, 8th, 20th, 4th. You know, he's got 15th here last time out. He's good on, you know, this sort of time of year, the fall swing. So, I don't know if people are going to be on Hal, but I'll definitely take the first timer in Corey Connors. Like you said, love that he's over here. Love that he's acclimated to the time zones and whatnot. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, my theme of the week, the ball striking extraordinaire, definitely one of those. And don't mind him at all at his price for 8,200 in a no, in a non-cut event. One guy before I move it on, Gup, I wanted to mention, I got a little FOMO on him later on, but you got to ask you, it's been brought up today on Twitter. What's your take on Francesco Molinari? We'll get to betting later, but, you know, former winner here way back in the day, you know, no real recent form, but it seems awfully cheap for him, doesn't it? 8400 for a guy that just lit the world on fire last year and does have quite a bit of experience here with nine showings and four top tens, including a win. Yeah, I, my stance on the smash, which was a little before here, was I, I, I perceive that people are going to be thinking that exact same deal, but I find it as a great spot to just say no thank you. Now, if something comes up and by Wednesday afternoon we're talking 6%, we know his upside and his, his ability that I don't mind it, but in a range where I can, I can find some great four to five percent type guys. And, and I just think he stands out as a class here as far as perception goes. And people may jump to him and go, I'll take him at 8,400. And if he starts getting in that 12, 15% range, I'll take that as a, as a perfect, I mean, almost to your pivot to Connors. I'd take Connor and half the ownership of Molinari all day this, this week. He just hasn't, right. he hasn't just shown anything really. He, he, if he wins this week or comes top 10, it would come out of nowhere per se. We know he's got the ability, but, um, I just don't see him, even when he had his run last year, like he had a rhythm. He was winning John Deere and the open. I mean, it was just playing great. And he just, I don't know if he can just, just jumpstart that out of nowhere. Agreed. Yeah. It's sort of my take the same. One thing we always like to talk a little bit of strategy on here. So I'll bring up a little bit of, you know, GPP strategy just in general, but with tougher events or like a major, the pricing is naturally going to be a little bit softer, right? There's guys at every range because they have to space them out somehow, right? They got to get them in there. So one thing I'll note is when I'm looking for a sleeper and like you mentioned, if Molinari is going to show up 5%, I'm going to hop on board just because it's too much class, too solid of a play for 5%. I'm not saying I think you'll be it. I just want to use this in the strategy piece. Because 
at these events, typically what happens due to the softer, quote unquote, softer pricing and the ability that they have to space it out, you will see ownership more spaced out, right? More people are on, so there's enough Rory lineups, there's enough Matsuyama, there's enough Rose, then all those balance lineups we talk about. So you'll see a very balanced ownership and you don't necessarily have to make as many pivots as you naturally would. Now in a, you know, Barracuda Classic, then you're going to have a field of 140 plus golfers where it's extremely condensed as far as ownership. There's quite a few guys at that 20 to 30% range when then, yeah, that's a spot to make a big pivot because it's easy, right? There's 10 guys around one guy. If one guy's going to have 25 and everyone else is going to be two, then it's easy to start making pivots. In this tournament, I will say, as I always preach, is, you know, stick with your guys, play who you want. But if you're looking for sleepers, Look for super low-owned upside guys. And if Molinari is just a fine example of someone who, if he's going to be 3 to 5%, because everyone does go to Connors, Hatton, Cabrera Bayo, etc., that's a guy I would look at. All right. So moving on, going to go into the 7K range gut. We do the 7,900. In this case, we're going to do it all because it's so much smaller. I'll, I'll kick it off here and then let you go afterwards. But I mentioned Putnam, just a flyer, not even one of my favorites, but I'm always a, a Putnam truther. He did come here fourth here last year. I'll give him a little bit of an edge. I, I do like Putnam. So at 7,800, I, I won't be off him completely. I'm always a big Poulter guy, you know, not just the fact that he won me a bunch of money, but, you know, this is a prime event for him, right? It's another, it's a WGC setup. It's a tougher field. It's sort of where you see a guy like him excel. He's always got upside. I think he might have the most experience. I mentioned earlier with Casey being at this course or in this event, I should say, 11 times, and I believe Poulter is at 12. So, you know, 12, 12 showings with eight top 25s, including three top 10s, 21st here the last time out. He's got a little bit of form with the 13th and 16th. Definitely love him. I, I do call this zone sort of the death trap mind zone area because you got, you know, Usti, Hadwin, EVR, Tong, all those guys I like, but I think you, you got to be careful with how many of them you're putting into the same lineup. Um, so th- I'll go with that and let you take it over, but then down low real quick, uh, two more guys I like. One is Glover. And then one is going to be Reevee with a, a small love for Bradley. So I don't want to get too crazy in this range. What do you got in this range, Gup, and who do you like and why? I'm going to ask you a question real quick on your strategy type part. Do you um, ever take the – so I made a mistake last week, so that's why I ask it. Sure. I know you're I know you're not a big cash guy like I'm not either, but do you take the leverage in the sense of something like this where – so I made the decision to jump on Tiger, and I went heavy in my MME build and didn't put him in the, like the bullet type lineup. Do you ever diversify your portfolio, for lack of a better term, in that sense that you go, all right, this is a guy that's I knew was going to be less than 10%. I think I had him around 8 in my projections. Um, I'm going to take leverage on him here, but instead of just kind of putting X amount of my bankroll at risk by putting him in my 555 lineup. I'll just go heavy here and then no there. Do you ever think like that? Or you just go, you know, you go, cause I know you'll mix and match. Sometimes you'll do like a 200 single and, and do a hundred in the 800. Do you ever go wait? Like say Roy, this week's a perfect example. Would you go the hundred? Let's say you're going to do a hundred on Roy and $8 and just not play him at all in the 555. Or, or how do you think like that? It's a great question. No, I'm glad you asked. I think it'll help a lot of the listeners as well. You're, you're technically asking, am I on hashtag team hedge life? And, and that's kind of what it is, right? You're, you're hedging your portfolio. Are you playing 70% of a guy in the $8 and then saying, okay, but in my $200 single entry, I'm going to get away from that because I'll go with this guy instead. I go back and forth on it. Um, the big deal for me, Gup, is simply that it depends on the tournament. I talk about this a lot in the Slack with guys about play your guys and risk versus reward. You know, they ask the, the most common question I think you and I get is how big is your pool size on X amount of lineups? And it ties in. I think I think it goes with it quite well because, you know, I'll always say this. I've seen guys win a tournament with 25 guys in their pool and just dominate it and not only win first, but win a bunch of prizes within the top 10, let alone the top 100, right, and just crush. I've also seen guys with 80 guys in their pool in a 140-plus man field, and they get there with one bullet because they just played it sort of a, you know, a shotgun style, just hoping that one hits that they're good because it is so top heavy. So I do go back and forth on it, but the reason I say it depends on the tournament. It's more of like the $200 single entry. Let's use that as the example. I think in that everyone's going to go with the more balanced structure because in order for them to love their six guys, they they have to find six that they're comfortable with putting laying 200 bucks in the line because for most people, that's a lot more money, maybe more than some even listening to this play. And that's fine, right? You'll build your bankroll. You'll get to that spot much like all of us have. But I think, it's a big deal there because then I'll say, okay, listen, I'm sold on Rory or I wouldn't have him in 70% of my $8 lineups. 
So I'm going to play my best Rory lineup. I'm still playing my guy. I'm picking my best Rory lineup to put it in a tournament where I know 60% or I, I don't know. Obviously, I'm guessing, but I have a feel, a strong feel that it's going to be a balanced lineup build that goes into this. And then a lot of people are putting their cash lineup into it. So I already know what I need to leverage, and that's what I'm using to make my decisions when I build that lineup. If I had a three to five max, like something like the $100 Stinger, then I might do, you know, three Rory's or two Rory's and be 40 to 50% where I'm actually under my $8. So I am hedging a little. And then, so let's say two Rory's and pick my three or four best balanced so that I'm still better than the field on balanced lineups because I've got my, my four to six and I might still be in line or above with Rory, but if not, I still got them crushing it in the $8. Does that answer your question? No, it's 100%, and it does matter the week, the contest, um, the upside, the way. I mean, I, you know, uh, Nagel's actually asked me, you know, about that similar question on the smash, and, I, you know, it, it, it doesn't – I think the guys that wake up on Monday and auto-reserve and auto-go without digesting anything, it's a huge mistake because although I have my preference and what I plan on doing, it can change week to week on how I feel come Monday night, Tuesday morning – um, nothing's going to fill up that quick, even in a quick start like we've had the last three weeks or two weeks plus this week. You can kind of digest and go, all right, how do I feel about this week? And, and um, also it brings in different types of players. So you're Molinari. If this was a cut event for whatever reason, at 8,400, he's a great play to that I feel comfortable at making the cut. Well, in barring some kind of withdrawal, I'm equally a guy that I have kind of just below him, but – 18, what is it? Is it 18, $1,600 cheaper? Bubba Watson at 6,800 bucks in an event. I don't have to worry about his up and down and craziness. He's won it five years ago. He's great on obviously Augusta Green, similar type deal. Played okay last week, nothing crazy. I'm okay taking the risk on a Bubba for the upside in an event where I get four rounds from everybody. And you know, it's just, that's a small example of. Different mentality because I know I get, barring a withdrawal, obviously, four rounds, upside. I get to think a little differently and spread the wealth. Whereas if I go, man, I need to get six to six in this $200 single, all day I'm playing like a Molinari type person, um, a CH3, makes a lot of cuts, safe. It's a different thought process. And I think people try to use the same thought process every single week, and it just doesn't work in golf. It's just it's It's totally different depending on the field, the course, and everything, and that's – one of the beauties of DFS golf is that it changes every week depending on the setup. For sure. Yeah, I, I think we killed it there. Like as far as strategy goes, guys, we always want to try and bring you something. And I think that was just a good back and forth to get you set up for the week. And like Gub said, you know, key point, it changes week to week. So there is no set strategy. There is no set pool size. There is no, this is a stars and scrubs week versus this is a balance week. You got, you got to take your stands and make your picks. But I just wanted to preach that, you know, and, and stress that in events like this, you don't necessarily have to look into this ownership as strongly but if you do want to look at ownership we have it dubscorner.com check it out great ownership projections i just want to make a point that i'm looking for the real low owned upside guys and you mentioned one which we'll get to later so anyone in this 7k range got that you're on heavy or that, or that you really like here underneath sort of uh i guess howl down I, I don't mind going to hadwin this week being um there's two guys this week uh that were Talked about a lot last week that I would say underperformed their expectations. Hadwin being one, um, still a great putter, still pops on the stats, still had a great ball swing, a second and a fourth, and then last week has played here three years in a row and improved greatly from 2017 to 2016, so I like that he's moving the right way. Um, a huge price discount. Not a huge. I think he was 81, 8200 yeah. yeah, so a $600 price discount for him. Um, I definitely don't mind him this week. A guy that I'm on a lot in Euro, especially betting wise, I just love him for whatever reason. Um, I was on him for his first, his win here recently it was EVR. I'm sure he'll be talked up, you know, by the, by the Euro guys pretty well, but he's been playing well over there. Um, he played here last year, which gave me a little boost this morning that I really liked seeing that a T22 last year. So not only did he play, he played well. Um, so he's a guy I'll deep dive on, but I'll, I'll play him at 70, 7,500. Uh, you mentioned Putnam. Um, I'm on him as well. His best split, although he puts well for Putnam on almost anything is Bermuda. Um, so I like that a lot. He finished fourth here last year. So I agree with you there. Um, 
you know, and this is an area where if I'm building a hundred plus, like we may, or even 50 plus or even 20 plus, I don't mind sprinkling in some, some lefty, some Haltong Lee. No, I mean, this is an area where you may want to get a little different. Another guy that was talked up heavy last week and kind of rounded out for me before I get to my favorite play of the, the zone is Kisner. I think he was played fairly decently last week. Great bit player. He finished almost dead last, so may have a little heartburn there uh, as far as public goes, so he could be a guy to jump on off of that. I don't think he's at a discount this week. Like Kenny said, you don't the, – the long guys have an advantage, but it doesn't mean you have to be long to win here. Right. Um, and then the other the other Euro guy and, and the guy I like here probably most just for the price discount is um, Yal Slatten, 7,100. Um, for the, he's got 24 rounds in my bottle, which is rare for a Euro guy in, in the, in my PGA model. He's one of the top 10 plus minus bent splits in that time zone as well, time frame as well. This is his third time playing here since 2014. He's got a 28th, a 16th, and then now this year coming in pretty good form. I like where he's at on Euro. He's been active, been playing. So I like him at 7,100. Yeah. One more guy. I got a couple more at the bottom range and I'll kick it back to you, but. Uh, Andrea, Andrea Pavan, I forget how you say his name, but he's another guy that's just been crushing it. Uh, you know, in Lord Europe. knows you're not, Lord knows you're not asking me how to say it. No, I know that. <laughs> that's why I didn't go there with that one, but, um, he's, he's the first timer, but again, a, a Euro guy, solid stats, uh, across the board. Re- recent form is like 10th, 12th, 10th, 46th, 12th. Uh, the guy crushes it more of a FanDuel play at 7,000 straight. We don't talk a lot about FanDuel, but even on DraftKings, 7,200, fair price. In the betting range, which we'll get the betting segment later, but in the betting range, he's sort of the favorite, surprisingly, you know, in, in this range at 65 to one, when most of the guys underneath them, like Glover, Luton, Bradley, all those guys are at the nineties. So don't mind him. You don't mention Kisner. I know he disappointed everyone, but we know he loves money and WGCs have a pretty good, you know, prize pool. Well, last week's did as well. He didn't get there, but he does set up well. And before that, he was ninth, ninth and 12th before basically DFL last week are pretty damn close to it. So. Kick us off, Gup, in the 6K, well, basically 6,900 and below. I'll give you the honors. There, there's a couple of guys there I think we're going to like the same, kicking it off with our boy Zhang. But talk about him and talk about the rest of the range. I know you like him, right? Yep, he was my uh, free play release of the week. Um, I give that. I give one away for free on the pod every week. The rest I give away on my, my card. 90 to 1 is what I sum off. I done. Sometimes he's higher on Bavada. I didn't get a chance to pick on there yet. Um, we'll, ta- we'll talk about but- it. Yeah, we're on same wavelength. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, 6,900, I imagine he'll be talked up, I, you know, mainly because fifth straight year playing here, although he's never done great, he, he's done okay. He did have a 21st, some 40th type area. But this is the most active and best, I believe, his form has been coming into there. He had a 60th at Sanderson Farms, a 7th at Safeway, a 16th at Shriners, and a 4th at Houston. That's the good. The bad is a lot of people got to know him and especially I was on him a lot, um, and quote unquote touted him, you know, during the false, false swing. So we'll be interested to see if he becomes like a chalky here. I don't know if anybody can get chalky. You know, if he's going to be real chalky, I don't mind even going to a, um, I don't know if you know me on your own names, but is it Kitamaya? Um, yeah, yeah. I know my boy Kitayama, Kitayama, but your your boy's right there. Boomer, answer. You can just flip over to answer yes. if you want, right? Yeah. So. I mean, answer. Bubba is right there. Um, Ball striker had one of his best years this year. That's not. He finished almost dead FL last week, but I kind of like that he's at least adapted. Um, and he's played here before in 2016. Got a 16th as Jason Kokrak. I think in a no cut event, he's a guy that I I don't mind sprinkling especially in that big lineup build. You know, if I got a core up top, and this week I feel it's a core up top, and then I'm going to try to hit that core and sprinkle down here with with Kokrak. Poston's a guy I like, been on him a lot. Um, Justin Harding's a guy you can mix in there. You know, not real big on him, but Jazz, I'm not going to say his last name, but he's been great on the on the Euro. Um, probably be talked up a lot. Probably – one of my favorite low, low guys that I actually would take a risk on, especially in a no-cut event, his best putting surface, and mainly because of where he played college and high school golf, I watched him a lot in both of those areas in Oklahoma, is Kevin Tway. Um, pretty decent form coming in. He had a 29th to 46th, and then he finished mid-pack last week at 37th. But at 6,400, I don't want to say all you need to make a cut because obviously he didn't have a cut to make. But, you know, if he can DK score in the top 30, 35, it, you know, it gives you a chance if you want to play that Rory lineup or 
try to get creative up top. He's a guy I would look at below the, him at 6,400. There, there's not just, I mean, there's 20 guys here that have no rounds registered in my model in the last 24 rounds over a year plus. And that's some of the ones you got to deep dive on to see, you know, how they've been on Euro or Japan tour or any of those other kind of tours. But all the ones I kind of said um, are, are the ones that I may target. I don't know if there's one or two in their Euro side I may have missed, but I'll, I'll leave some for you if, if there's someone that I didn't hit in that area. Yeah, a couple, a couple more. I got to tout uh, Jorge Campillo for Kenny. I'm not touting him. That's Kenny talking, and I can do that because he's not here. But that's his boy at 6,200. He'll always take a flyer on him. So Campillo's down there. But you mentioned Tway, who I like. You mentioned Kokrak, who I like. Zhang, who are always on. Uh, Watson, I think, is that upside guy, like you said. I feel like Watson's the guy that gets super popular here, though. And then if that's the case, I can easily go to Kokrak or Zhang there. You know, when I think it was Lanto, Griffin, and Zhang were both 8K at the event and both crushed it when Lanto won and, and Zhang came like fourth or something or seventh. I can't remember what the finishes were. But either way, Zhang is a guy at 6,900 that I hope doesn't get popular, and I don't know if he can get too popular. So I'll definitely be on him. Couple of the other guys, so Paul Waring, he's a, he's a Euro guy, 25th, 3rd, 21st, 28th, 20th, first timer, but last five events out, very strong. Uh, and then Poston, I'm always a, a sucker for JT Poston. I think he's a solid play, a guy again, like a, kind of like a Tway, right? Got his win, can score, you know, always seems to show up 27th, 11th, 16th, and three of his last four. I think he's a fine play as well. So, uh, you know, that's kind of the range. Like you said, it doesn't get much there, better. Go ahead. I was going to say the one guy that, Maybe two, but one for sure that has had success here. And, and I, he's a guy I got earmarked to do my deep dive on. Ashen Wu, 6,300. He's played here the last five years and he's got a 14th, a 22nd, a 20, I mean, a 23rd, a 20th. And then the other two years were so so, 64 and 58th. But I'd like to see how his form has been coming in here. I'd be lying to you if I told you what it was. But being that he's played five straight years, um, along with Wee Chong Ling, you know, which is dead nuts of minimum 6,000. Those are two guys that just caught my eye that they've, they've been here the last five years straight. And so I wanted to see form coming in. Woo, I liked a little more because he actually had the 14th, 20th, and 23rd. So it looks like he's gone low here and been able to compete. And so other than that, that's, that's pretty much all I had. Yeah. Woo's form's not great. Uh, 73rd, 66th, 30th, 41st, and 55th in his last five. But I mean, like you said, it's definitely worth a flyer. It's a non-cut event. He's got good history here. He plays over here. I think he's more than fine. I was going to ask you, it sounds like you just hit on it, but is, is there anybody else down there you want to talk about? I, I know you're used to it. And guys, if you don't listen to Smash Factor, that's the pod Gup does with at Nagels Bagels over there on Twitter. They, they put it out every week, you know, just before Kenny and I get on, they record. It comes out sort of the same time. Definitely want to check it out. But I know Gup that you're not used to talking about 30 plus guys in a week on a, on a 78 man field. So. I, you probably don't want to talk about anybody else, but is there anybody else that we forgot to mention or anything else about the event that you want to mention? No, um, I just had one earmark, and, and just because I've heard him, in, and I don't know how to say his name. That's probably why I didn't say it, but the first name looks like Christian, and then it's like – Yeah. Right. I know that I know only because I listen to Baroff and Wiley, and I've, I've heard them talk about him a lot. So he, he's a guy that he, – there's nothing – like he, not bad or good. Like I have nothing on him. No course history, no recent form, no stats. And so I earmarked him to go – figure out just because of his betting odds and where his price was it, it tells me that someone's got eyes on him so i want to go see how he's been doing in euro other than that there's nobody yeah he, he's a good play i think for a flyer he's the the gentleman that had the issue with the rat poison there kenny and i talked about it on the pod mm. that going into the open he started out the open yep. hot his, his recent form is actually not bad besides a miscut he came third and then 12th so i'm guessing that's what's moving the odds like you said he's sort of 80 to one in that range where everybody else is 100 and up uh even higher yep. in some cases so don't hate that as well. That could, that could be a good flyer for your big builds, you know, 50-plus lineups. Awesome. So, Gup, again, thank you for coming on. Truly appreciate it, man, filling in. I know Kenny will appreciate it as well. DJ Nation loves it when we can get a guest on here, you know, and it's just the case that Kenny couldn't make it and happy to have you on and fill in. Tell the people where they can find you, you know, the code for Gup's Corner again, DJ 10. Go with it from there. Yeah, Gupscorner.com on Twitter, at Gup underscore GCFFG. Best time to um, to join right now. You get a free preview of the, the golf tools. Obviously thrilled and excited to have Kenny a part of the team. Tambo's been a part um, for, for well a year and a half now. We have a um, major, major announcement coming up here in the short term. Last year we did a Blue Jack National drawing. 
and the winner got to join us at Blue Tigers course in Houston um, for a weekend retreat to play there. We played 72 holes in three days, and um, it, it was an awesome time. Uh, don't can't can't release the announcement yet, but it's going to be coming here probably in the next week or two, and we're going to have a similar deal. And anybody that signs up or has signed up recently will all be in the drawing. There's actually going to be about four different, four or five different ways to get into the drawing. And we will pull a winner out of that. It'll be a massive trip as well. Um, it's going to, it's coming together really nice. We're putting the final details on it. We're looking forward to it. You get the free golf tools, um, all the way through the tournament of champions for free. We're adding to it every week when we have the live PGA stats. Um, the showdown information we have in there is amazing right now. And it's just going to continue to build and build and build until we get a tournament of champions. And, and it's an awesome place to join. Right now is as cheap as you can get in. Um, you know, and so, you know, we're looking forward to it. And, you know, join us out there now at gupscorner.com. For sure. And I wish I knew what that contest was. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, like you said, we, can, we can't announce it just yet. It's going to be epic. Like Gup said, guys, it will be retroactive to anyone who signs up now. So use the code DGEN10. Obviously, you can find me in the same place. Article comes out late in the week. Basically looking at Gup's ownership, right? I, I want to get that, take it into consideration, give you guys the best information possible for the pivots that I'm making based on the ones I've mentioned on the pod, have things changed, where are my exposures at and whatnot, and go from there. Uh, so you can find Gup and I together as well. We do the coin flip pod. That's our banner NFL podcast over at Gup's Corner. So that comes out every Wednesday night. If you guys want to check us out there, that's, you know, no charge. Hop in, check us out on the pod. And then if you like us, again, use the promo code DGEN10. Other than that, I'm always trying to catch up to these dudes on Twitter and the Twitter nation. So if you haven't added me yet, at Totag and Tambo, add me there. If you want to ask me any questions, DM me anything, it's best to do it there. It's easiest. I get to that the most. I'm on there all the time. All right, guys, that's all. Thanks so much again to Gup for coming on. You know, I know I probably did a shitty job filling in for Kenny, but I did my best Kenny Kim impression. With that said, we'll leave with let's win some motherfucking money, DGen Nation. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price.